the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I hope is being a blessing to all of you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Brothers and sisters, our God desires to have an intimate relationship with us, his children. That's one of the reasons why he sent Jesus to Calvary's tree, to make that opportunity available to you and me. But unfortunately, although that opportunity is there, most Christians never get there. That is, they don't have and enjoy intimacy with God like he wants them to do. The good news is that there are pathways that we can take to increase our intimacy with God. Each and every one of us who are children of God should want to know what those pathways are so that we can take them, so that we can have and enjoy intimate relationship with the God who loves you and me. Then we can experience the life that he wants to live by you and me. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. David recognized this, that every sin that he sinned was actually a sin against God. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 14. And I'm believing that the body of Christ is going to begin to realize that every sin that they sin is a sin against God. God takes it personal. See, I take it personal when my children do well. Be like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And I take it personal when they don't. I didn't teach you that. Where you get that from? I ain't, I ain't raised you like that. Where you get that from? That ain't what I taught you. That ain't how I raised you. That ain't what it is that I put on the inside of you. Is anybody hearing me up in here? And that's how your father be speaking from heaven too. I didn't raise you like that. I didn't save you for that. Jeremiah chapter 14. Let's look at verse 7. It says, Oh Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, mm-hmm, they be pointing, they did it, they did it. It said, Do thou it for thy name's sake, for our backslidings are many, and we have sinned against thee. For our backslidings are many. And we have sinned against thee. Even our backsliding is a sin against God. Hmm? Even our backsliding is a sin against God. All I did was backslide a little. Well, then you sinned a little against God. Because even our backsliding is against God. That word backslide right there translates also apostasy. It also means apostasy. I know all you know this, praise God, but just for the sakes of your neighbors around you, the word apostasy means 
obtaining desertion of or departure from one's religion, principles, causes, etc., etc. It is a total desertion of or departure from one's religion, one's principles, or one's causes, etc., etc., etc. So when we backslide, God sees it as apostasy. He sees it as total desertion. All I did was slide back a little total desertion. That's what God sees. Total desertions or departure from one's religion, principles, causes, etc. So when a believer backslides, he or she deserts his or her religion and departs their principles to do what they already know that they ought not do. Can I repeat that? When a believer, I'm going to do it anyway, I got the mic, praise God, I'm just hoping that you agree with me. When a believer backslides, he or she deserts his or her religion, deserts his or her religion, and departs their principles to do what they already know that they ought not do. That's why this word, that's why this word uh, backslidden also translates turning away. That's why it tra- also translates turning away. So when a believer backslides, he or she turns away from what God has to say about what they should and should not do and does the opposite of what's right. They turn away from what they already know that God has to say about what they should and should not do and does the opposite of what's right. Because once God says it, that's what's right. Once God says it, that's what's right. When God said do this, that's what's right. To do anything else is Amen. And, and, and when God said, don't do this, and we go out and do it, what is that? Mm-hmm. And which means you have to turn away from what's right to be able to go to what's wrong. Because see, backsliding in and of itself is you not going in the direction that God had intended for you, not going in the direction that God planned for you, and going in another direction. If you're not going up, you're going and God intends you to go up in the things of God. And if you're not going up, you're going down. There is no middle road. God created a, a, a binary system. It's either right or It's either up or It's either forward or Which means if you ain't going forward, you're going backwards. And God said, no, 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 no. See, see I don't brought you this far. Don't turn around and go back. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, that when we go back, we go back unto perdition. That word perdition means destruction, desolation. God said, I done brought you from that. Don't turn back. Don't even look back. You don't believe me? Ask Lot's wife. Oh, that's right, you can't. Praise God. Because as soon as she did what God said, don't do and don't look back, she turned to a pillar of salt. Is anybody hearing me up in here? She turned into the world that she was looking at. She turned into the world that she was looking at. God had delivered them. He said, no, you come out of this. You get you, you, your family, let's go. Don't turn around. Don't look back. Why? Because you're either going forward or you're going backwards. I put your eyes in the front of your head, not the back of your head. That's why I intend for you to look back. I continue to move forward. God didn't put no review mirror on the side of your ears so you can be able to look back on the slide. God wants us moving forward. What do you want us moving? God don't want us going down. God wants us going. God wants to exalt you. God wants to raise you up. God don't want you sliding back down. 
They sure don't want you to turn around and, uh, and turn to apostasy and turn your back on everything that it is that he said to thee. That's not God's intention for me and you. That's why it also translates turning and turning away. Because when a believer backslides, he or she turns away from what God has to say about what they should or should not do and does the opposite of what's right. And since their religion is their set of beliefs and the corresponding actions of obedience that are best from those beliefs that result from their knowledge of God and his teachings, then any turning away is not merely turning away from the set of beliefs and their corresponding actions, but is actually turning away from God himself. I'll repeat that. And since their religion is their set of beliefs, and the corresponding actions of obedience that are both from those beliefs that result from their knowledge of God, God shared with them something and his teachings, then any turning away is not merely turning away from the set of beliefs and their corresponding actions, but is actually turning away from God himself. You just think you're saying, I said, it flows better when I say you, remember. You just think you're saying, I don't want to do that. But what you're saying is, God, I don't want you. You just think that, oh, I don't, I don't intend to do that. God said, no, you don't intend to have me. But as soon as you turn away from what I said to do, you turn away from me because it's personal. I died for you to be set free from that. The moment that you turn back onto that, he said, you despise me. <laughs> Pick that pen up that fell on the back right there. It fell on that little piece of cotton over there in the corner. Praise God. Amen. So glad y'all got quiet at the right time. Praise God. So I can hear that. So don't nobody hurt themselves up in here. Praise God. See, it's not just a turning away from the teachings, but it's a turning away from the one that provided the teachings. That's God. Because every time God wants to exalt you, raise you up, lift you up, send you in the right direction, guide you like he wants you to, he extends his hand into the middle of your life. And when he extends his hand in the middle of your life, come on Sunday service, what does he give you? A word, which means if you turn away from the word, what did you just turn away from? His hand. And his hand is attached to him, which means you turned away from him. When God said, here, this is yours. And you're like, I don't want that. Here, do this. I ain't doing that. Here, let me take you in this direction. I ain't, I ain't going in that direction. Here, come on, be holy. I'd rather be holy-ish. God said, come on, time. He said, I'd rather buy Christmas gifts. You know, it's all the same thing. Praise God. We turn away from the hand, which means we turn away from him. Because when we reject the teaching, we rejected him. When we reject the teaching, we reject him. When we, when we turn away from what it is that God said, the set of principles that he tries to give us, set of beliefs that he tried to get of God said, you're turning away from me. That's why I'm telling you, come on, draw nigh to me and then cleanse your hands. Turn to James chapter one. Oh, this is some good stuff. James chapter one. Come on, have it in to hear what your father's saying to you. If I be a father, where's my honor? If I be a master, where's my fear? You ain't scared of doing the opposite of what I said do at all? It don't bother you at all? When I told you you'd be in by this time and you come in at this time and it don't even bother you? You ain't even like calling. I mean, when we was growing up, praise God, if we got anywhere near the clock, you swear we was Cinderella. Praise God. We would run straight out of one of our shoes and wouldn't even be looking for it later. Praise God. Every time I drive down the street, I see a shoe over on the side. I said, mm-hmm, somebody was trying to make it back on time. Ran straight out their shoe. Didn't even care. Praise God. Bonk that. Because they know that if I would get home too late, my mama take it off her shoe. She going to hit me with it. Praise God. 
or lock me out so I can't get back in. Praise God. Hallelujah. And Lord Jesus, if she wake up daddy, oh my goodness. And he got to go to work in the morning and you woke him up? You going to pay for that. <laughs> James chapter 1. You done broke my sleep and I'm working all these hours with somebody I don't even like? Just to be able to pay for you to do wrong? Oh, see? Come here, boy. <laughs> Meet me downstairs. Y'all ain't never heard none of that. Meet me downstairs. Oh, Lord. <laughs> James chapter 1. See, when our religion is right, when our religion is pure, the only turning away that we'll do is turning away from sin. When our religion is right, when our religion is pure, the only turn away we're going to do is turn away from sin. We ain't turn away from God. We'll turn away from the sin. When the sin says, come with me, God said, draw nigh to me. We wouldn't be like, what do I do? A door? <laughs> Forget you. I'm doing God. That's when your religion's pure. James chapter 1. You don't believe me? Let's read it. James chapter 1, verse 27. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. I like that. He wants us to know what it is. It's this. See, if our religion is pure, then we'll do some things that he tells us to do. Let's start with the word religion first. The word religion right there is talking about ceremonial observance. Ceremonial observance, which means we will observe to do something. That's why it also translates, I like this, it also translates worshiping. Your pure religion is your worshiping. See, your pure religion is your worshiping. That word worship is talking about declaring the worth of something or someone. Declaring the worth of something or someone. See, how we conduct ourselves in life demonstrates and clearly articulates our view of the worth of what Jesus did for us. How we conduct ourselves in life demonstrates and clearly articulates our view of the worth of what Jesus did for us. The worth of what Jesus did for us. So, so he said pure religion. I'm coming back to that. He said pure religion and undefiled. Oh, by the way, that religion need to be pure. That word pure right there means free from anything of a different, inferior, or contaminating kind. Free from anything of a different, which means there ain't no other different thoughts coming up in there. Inferior and no lesser of a thought coming up in there. Or contaminating kind, something that's going to contaminate the thoughts that God gave you and the religion you're supposed to be living out. Pure religion and undefiled, undefiled means unsoiled. The inference is as clean as it should be or not messed up by anything else. Pure religion and undefiled before God is this. Let's read. To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And this is one we want to focus on tonight. To keep himself unspotted from the world. To keep himself unspotted from the world. To keep himself unspotted from the world. Keep himself unspotted from the world. See, so your ceremonial observance would be to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That's if your religion is not it is free from anything of any difference, any inferior thoughts, or any contaminating kind. Because if you don't do it, it's because it's been contaminated, it's been made different than what it is that God has said. No wonder he needs to mend it and fix it. 
No, no, no wonder when he needs to cure it. Because it's not thinking something it ought not think because it's not being observed the way it's supposed to. That word keep right there means to guard from injury and loss. It means to guard, but the concept is from injury and loss. So it seems, sin opens the door to injury. I know you think it's fun. That's just the sugar coating on top of the poison. Sin opens the door for injury. That word injury right there means harm or damage that is done or sustained. Harm or damage that is done or sustained. God said, keep yourself from harm and damage that can be done or sustained. Harm or damage that's done speaks of what happens to somebody else other than the person who sins. Harm or damage that is done speaks of what happens to somebody else other than the person who sins. And harm or damage that is sustained speaks of what happens when the person sins themselves. What happens to the person that sins themselves? Because anytime sin occurs, either something is going to be done that's going to harm and, and injure somebody else, or something is going to be sustained by the person that does it that's going to harm and injure them. There is no such thing as sin that does not harm and injure. It always harms. It always injures. Why? Because the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the only thing on his mind. And so anything that he's doing to be able to get you to do something other than what God said, do it. It's the harm and the injure, either you or somebody near you. If he can get both, he won't both. But if he, even if he just gets somebody near you, he broke you by not doing what you're supposed to do. And then he wants to now break everybody around you who got to pay for your lack of doing what you were supposed to do. So he not only sustains you to it, but he makes other people pay for it too. Because now they got to fish your butt out of the trouble that you got yourself in. Once again, it's just flowing better when I say you. Come on, let me flow. You gotta, somebody got to fish you out. We got to pay for you to stay in your place. We got to pay to keep your lights on. We got to pay to be able to keep your car from being taken from you or get it back after it was took from you. Why? Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You sinned and it affected somebody else. But the devil tell you, oh, it's just you. It ain't nobody else. Don't worry about that. It didn't cost you nothing. No, it cost everybody else something. <laughs> I'm teaching real good right here. Folks don't like this. I don't care. I'm teaching real good right here. Praise God. Because it's time for us to grow up. Because see, the mature see past themselves. The immature only see themselves. As long as I get out of it, I'm cool. I'm fine. But you done jacked everybody else up. Quit judging me. Quit costing me. I don't want to work with that. Keep moving. Praise God. Harm or damage that's done speaks of what happens to somebody else other than the person who sins. Harm and damage sustained speaks of what happens to the person who sins. Remember, this includes both sins of commission, sins of omission. But regardless of whether it's a sin of omission or a sin of commission, somebody somewhere experiences injury because of sin. Because he said, I need you to keep you from sin. Keep you from sin. You keep yourself from sin. Keep means to guard, but it's to guard from injury or loss. Which means sin opens the door to injury, and sin opens the door to loss. Either the person who sins is going to experience a loss, or the person who, who's, who's connected to the person who sins is going to experience loss. Somebody going to experience loss. Somebody got to pay. It's going to cost somebody somewhere. I know what I'll do. I'll just go to the church. 
And that money that was supposed to be even paid for the people that were faithful doing what they was doing and to move the kingdom forward, we'll use that money to be able to make sure we keep you in your unfaithfulness. So I could have hired some more people, but no, we had to pay to be able to keep other people fed, bed, hey man, and sometimes even wet. Why? Because they wouldn't do what God said. <laughs> so there's wants that just get shifted from you to the church, shifted from you to your parents, shifted from you to somebody else around you, shifted. Well, I didn't see no loss. I guess not. You were just the oil fix of the vacuum cleaner that was sucking everybody else's out. Because it's going to cost somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, my amen working, I'm just not using it. Praise God, amen. <laughs> my working, I'm just not using I just want you to know it's working. I'm just not using it right now. <laughs> Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself uh, uh, unspotted from the world. A lot of folks like to talk about their social, you know, things that they do. You know, I was feeding the, the, the homeless the other day. That's nice. Praise God. Amen. I was, I, you know, I took balloons to the fatherless the other day. That's nice. Praise God. How about keeping yourself unspotted from the world? How about that too? I haven't done that yet. Praise God. Well, well then, then sign up for that too. Praise God. You sign up for all your little social endeavors. Sign up for keeping your own tail out of the, out of the fire. It's all cute and everything. But now do, do what the Lord wants you to do there too. Those other things he wants you to do, but he wants you to do this one too. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. The word unspotted right there means unblemished. That's whether physically or morally. Unblemished. Why? Because our, remain, our remaining unspotted and unblemished in this world demonstrates and clearly articulates our view of the worth of what Jesus did for us. Our view of what the, Jesus did for us. Remember he used the example last time we got together? A pig that's been clean going back to the, to the mud. Well, why in the world would that pig go back to the mud? Because that pig is still a pig. And that's what pigs do. Pigs jump in mud. They, they, that's what's comfortable to them. See, pigs' veins are like so far below the, the, the skin, praise God, that, that they can't keep cool. Pigs is hot all the time. They just hot all the time. So what they're looking for is some cool mud to jump into because it makes them feel better. It look, might look filthy to you, but it makes them feel good. That's why God used an example when he was talking to his kids. He said, you're acting like pigs. Now what you're in is filthy, but it somehow it's making you feel good. But the problem is that the pig got so much flesh over their veins, they got so much flesh over their veins, that that's what's got them all hot and bothered. Now we can do one or two things. We can either jump in the mud or reduce the flesh. Because if we reduce the flesh, then, the, then, then it will be cool. So that after you cleaned up, you don't go die back in the filth again. Look at your neighbor and say, my amen still works. I'm just not using it. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for an opportune time. See, so our remaining unspotted and unblemished in this world demonstrates and clearly articulates our view of the worth of what Jesus did for us. I don't care how many crosses you got on your wall. I don't care how many Jesus is Lord stickers you got over, over your ride. I don't care how many WWJD 
uh, things you got wrapped around your arm. You can have many as many as Mr. T. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed with what the Word of God had to say. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you're learning that God really has opened doors of opportunity for you and me to have a closer, more intimate relationship with Him. A door of opportunity that He's opened so that it could be walked through by you and me. A door of opportunity that we'll be so glad we walk through when we do into a closer, more intimate relationship with God so that we can receive and achieve everything that God wants experienced and enjoyed by me and you. If you want to hit a message in its entirety, just got to the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship this Friday evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointed and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults ages 18 through 30-ish who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fired up for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until they go home. Hey, GW, hang it. Child care is provided at no charge. And VIP transportation service is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought that being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dub. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 